Pandora makes it easy for you to find your favorite music. Discover new artists and genres by selecting any song or album, and we'll make you a personalized station for free. Download on the Apple App Store or Google Play and enjoy the soundtrack to your life. Welcome to the NASCAR NBC podcast. I'm your host, Nate Ryan. Today, joined by our favorite recurring guest, back by popular demand once again, Steve Letarte is here. I'm telling you, Nate, from the first <laughs> podcast, our equipment is upgraded. This is this is pretty good stuff. I'm impressed. Well, it's always good when you're here. It's even better stuff because you have great insight. And this week, lots to talk about. Championship four field has been set. I mean, best championship four field statistically that we've ever seen. You know, so it's funny. When this first came out, oh, man, this system is going to be a disaster. And there was a hundred reasons why it wouldn't work. But I will say that I have never been let down with the group we have taken to Miami. There have been people left out that I said, oh, man, it would have been nice if that guy would have made it. Right. But I've never looked at the totality of the four and was like, this is it? This is what we have? Like, never. And I think this is it, right? So who do we have? We have the big three and arguably the best of the last 15 weeks other than the big three, which is Joey Logano. That's what you have. you got to have, I mean, who are the favorites? Four in the 18, got to be able to tie at the top. 78, I have on their heels in second. And I have um, not even a distant third. You know, Joe, I, here's the best part. I can write a path for all four to become a champion. You know, 78 could just show up with one of those intermediate cars that we've seen over the last two years and just whip everybody. Joey Logano could hang around third all day long and then could come down to a pit stop with six to go. And their great pit crew can go from third to first and he can beat him on a restart. Kevin Harvick can just beat Kevin Harvick. Why Kyle Busch and Kevin Harvick are the favorites is because I can write more paths for them to win. More paths because they just have shown they can be more versatile. Better. More places. Better top to bottom, in and out, better race cars, better team. And when I say better, this isn't an opinionated thing. This is, I could give you the metrics if you want. They're faster. They have better average qualifying. This isn't an opinion. This is, hey, here's what the numbers say. If you don't believe me, go to MGM and check the odds, right? Right. I mean, that's the deal. Those guys are the favorites, but... By not, we're not talking huge margins, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like I expect four to be in the top five or seven. Well, let's run down the numbers. So they've won 22 of 35 races, these four championship contenders have. And in terms of top fives, this is one through four. In terms of top tens, this is your first, second, third, and fifth ranked drivers. Laps led, one, two, three, four. So across the board, it would seem that they've dominated statistically. But here's here's where I get caught up, Stevie. Is that I knew there was a well, anytime listen, guys. Here's all you <laughs> listeners, when you sit across from Nate, just know that he's smarter than you and he's coming with a new <laughs> I'm angle. Definitely not smarter. I just noticed things like this. Okay, let me have here's it. the numbers. They have won twenty two of thirty five races this year, but they've only won four of the past nine. But they haven't had to win any the one that the guy who had to win won. Was what, Logano yeah, and Martinsville? He had, he had to okay. win, and he won. Who won Kansas? Chase Elliott. Because who messed up? Kevin Harvick. That's what I get hung up on, is that Harvick probably should have won four races during these playoffs, and he's only got one, and of course that one comes with an asterisk. Well, well so, so here, here what, you're, what you're pointing out is not inaccurate. What you're pointing out is that the playoffs are great. Basically, your argument right there is that the NASCAR playoffs are exactly as intended, which is this. That if a team rises up and overperforms in the playoff, they can move forward, thus the 22. If a team has a great year, the old system, the Richard Petty system, the Dale Earnhardt system, the Jeff Gordon system, that system's gone. But if you have those types of numbers, your chance of going to Miami is up. It's, it's there. That's why I like the reward. It is 
you know, it wasn't right the first time, and I didn't know why I wasn't smart enough to tell him. I would have definitely suggested it if I was smart enough to come up with the system. But when Dale Jr. and I in 2014 won the Daytona 500, we were like, oh, there are some points available, but not really a whole lot. But when, when we shifted to stage racing, like it or don't like it, the reward system is pretty darn solid. There are definitely some tweaks, perhaps, maybe no more playoff points in the playoff. Like, eh, we're in the minutia, right? Like, but the mm-hmm. recipe's pretty good. Whether it's a pinch of salt or two pinches of salt, it doesn't really change the soup. The soup's pretty good. And that's, that's what I see. Right. Uh, I don't like 16 drivers, too many, because race 23 to 25 is pretty boring. What's the, the optimum number? 10, 12? Uh, 10 or 12. There's, it's hard to say optimal number. How many, how many great finance teams are going to be out there? And I'll tell you the number. Uh, 16 was fine back when poor Red Bull was sending cars home. Um, I think you needed to be 16, and that's kind of how we got to 16 was over time. But I think it's, it's safe to say I don't think that it is a less competitive field, but I think the depth of competitive cars is smaller. Sure. Like, I'm not saying it's easier to win, uh, but I will tell you it's easier to run top 15 than perhaps it was five years ago. Because cars 30 through 40. Just don't because have the there's money. less. You know, you yeah. make a mistake now. Well, here's a perfect example, right? The 78, you know, had trouble in inspection. Or let's use Christopher Bell and Xfinity. He started last. I mean, he came by like 29th on the first lap because all those guys just pull over. You know, there's not a full, full field of we're going to go run every lap. So I think 16 is too many. 12 or 10 would be great. I could even argue 10 weeks maybe is too long. Maybe it's 12 drivers, 8 weeks. But the points system is outstanding. This is what I'm just talking up on, Stevie, is that like last year, 2017, the championship for won eight of the nine races coming into this finale. And I agree with everybody that this year, you can make the case of the five years of this structure, this is the top to bottom strongest championship field. But yet they're making these, you mentioned Harvick, like they make these mistakes and well, a Chase Elliott wins or Ryan Blaney wins or Brad Keselowski wins at Vegas. It's just interesting how other guys have gotten in the mix and uh, snatched wins away. I mean, we're two mistakes away from having a different final four. I mean, let's be clear that if the 41 doesn't speed and the, and the nine doesn't get their speeding penalty, well, I guess the 41 didn't speed past the pace car. I'm not sure this finishes the same way. Like, I think Kevin Harvick, I don't want to use the word get lucky because it's not luck. But I think it was fortunate for Kevin Harvick's adversaries to trip up a little bit because Kevin Harvick had a problem with the right front. Let's start with Kevin Harvick had them all beat, hands down. Loses the right front tire, drags a splitter off, no telling what sort of damage it was. The car was never quite as dominant. Let's be clear, even when it was dominant, Chase Elliott was five car lengths out the back for 73 laps. We're one turn of wedge, one good pit stop. You flip them. Does the twenty? Does the four pass at nine? I don't know. Maybe that's as good. You know, these guys are so good. You don't really know how what they have. But it was another great race. And then of all people, I looked down with like forty to go after the big wreck, and I said to the producer, I hit our little talkback button. I said, Marv, we got to talk about Eric Amarola because I haven't said his name once today. And man, he's sitting right there in sixth. Next thing you know, he's fourth. Then he was third, and he gave it an A plus effort. But it just wasn't. He just wasn't fast. So Phoenix was another great example of the way these playoffs push these teams perform beyond the boundaries that I think even they expect to perform. So I am just a dumb race fan, <laughs> and I've been entertained. So, so I, I say that, right, like tongue-in-cheek, but my point is I don't want to be a, an analyst all the time. That ruins the fun of being a fan. And I'm politely telling you, you're being too much of an analyst. Don't look at who's won the races in the playoffs. When those four trailers open in Miami. Does your gut say we're going to have a heavyweight battle? 
it seems that way. But I've thought that every race throughout the playoffs. No, uh, no granted, let me just be clear, right? We're going to go down there statistically with the best, and they're all going to do something dumb, and the champion's going to run like 12th. And we're all going to go, well, what just happened? We had the best. This was going to be a guaranteed win, and we're all going to scratch our heads. And you know what? I want everybody to understand that that's why sports are the best reality TV out there because it's real. Because they're, it, you know, why do people watch sports? It's because, it you know, why did reality TV get so exciting? Because it was, quote, perhaps unscripted. Sports are definitely unscripted. Completely unscripted. You know, Miami, there are no guarantees. Talladega was a crappy race. Sorry, it just was. Kansas, nah, average race. They're not all going to be great races. But they are entertaining because they are totally unscripted. No one has any idea what's going to happen at Miami. What I like, though is that I feel it's going to be a heavyweight battle. Like, I, in my gut, it's going to be all four in the top five in practice, all four qualifying in the top ten, all four in the top three or four rows of every restart. Uh, it's going to be a toe-to-toe, you know, old Evander Holyfield standing in the middle of the ring, and I'm just <laughs> going to keep hitting you as hard as I can, and you're going to keep hitting me, and we're going to see who's tougher over the length of the night. I think it's going to be that sort of Miami race. There were a lot of questions right after the Phoenix race of how much would we see these guys run one through four? Obviously, we've seen that in the past at this season finale. The championship contenders will run one to four for and not just like a couple of laps, but like 20 or 30 or 40 laps at a time. Do you think like we'll get a race like that? The one asterisk we have, and, and so I say this, but I'm going to counter myself. Jimmy Johnson cares less about the championship four than perhaps he has in other years because a win would mean so much. Denny Hamlin, I was going to say that, but after the accident at Phoenix, he's probably going to be, which I don't blame him. You know, it's an accident. I don't think, you know, it's an accident. I think he's probably going to be a little more tiptoe because he doesn't want to be a highlight reel twice. Kyle Larson wants to win a race. You, you know, so my point is there are some other great storylines of competitors. The reason they run so good is because A, they're the best cars, and B, let's be clear, you race against them with mittens on. So in a normal race where you may side draft to bang a door, you are not, and nor should you. Let me go one step farther to say they deserve it. Kevin Harvick, whether you like it or I'm not saying let him go. That's not what I'm saying. But, man, if you, don't hit him. You know, side draft a foot, two feet, not four inches. So then I think that helps them run towards the front as well. And we heard that from Kyle Larson last year that he might he have had a winning car I think he elected just race. to let Truex and Bush fight it out. And, and, you know, it's like the last stage of the Tour de France. You know, people that don't watch cycling be like, why don't they race? <laughs> and what I want to say is, guess what? 20-something stages ago, they all knew they weren't going to race. So don't wake up on the 20-whatever stage and be like, well, we should race today. No, <laughs> back up, back up. So why shouldn't everyone race tooth and nail for the win at Miami? Everybody knew they weren't 35 weeks ago when we unloaded in Daytona. Now, we saw Cole Custer win the Xfinity race. They don't pull over. There's going to be a restart, and they're all going to go down in there. And I can assure you, if Kyle Larson has a hole, he's going to drive through it. But they are going to understand what's on the line. Joey Logano wins Martinsville, and the week of Phoenix proclaims himself as the favorite because he's had two extra weeks to prepare, and because of the Harvick penalty at Texas, no one else was locked in for that long. Uh, everybody else just found out this past Sunday that they're in the championship four. So how much of an advantage as a crew chief who knows what it's like to prepare? We heard Adam Stevens say this after the Phoenix win that you couldn't focus as much on Miami as, as he wanted. You had to focus a little bit on ensuring, even though Kyle Busch was almost locked in on points, he had to spend a little bit of time on Phoenix. How much of an advantage does Todd Gordon, Logano's crew chief, have? Do you think? Oh, it's an advantage for sure. I, uh, I said it in one of our production meetings. If Todd Gordon knew the exact setup in that 22 car at Phoenix and shame on him. He should have been working on Miami since 
the day he left Martinsville. I would have got the other guy. Hey, just put what the 21 has in it. <laughs> just put what the 12 has in it. Just put what the 2 has in it. We'll be just fine. It's that simple. I mean, it's it's down to one race. One race to be a champion. I, I we You and I, we worked together on that book. And I'll, I'll tell the public, I've told you, if I could go back and do the last five races of 2007, those are the races I would want to do over 100 times because I didn't appreciate what Jeff Gordon had given me for an opportunity to go win a championship. I mean, he won race four and five, outstanding race car driver. And I just was young and didn't appreciate just, I think, ignorance. You just assume this is going to be a yearly thing because it kind of had been in my lifestyle, right? Jimmy's won and Jeff's won and there's been so many winning around that I didn't perceive the truth, which is you've got to pretend this is your only shot you'll ever get. Um, and I think that's what these guys are going to do. I'm, the most impressive thing is when they put him up there, it was – I'm going to get the dates wrong, but we had the championship four graphic, and it was, uh, I think, the 14 champion, the 15 champion, the 17 champion. The only guy missing was the 16 sure. champion, who was Jimmy Johnson. But Joey Logano was in that race in the final four as well. I mean, this will be Joey Logano's third appearance. It was also in in 16, 14, 16, now 18. But as you said, everybody else has won a championship. They've all won a championship in this format. Right. Isn't it shocking that they continue to go back? How many, like, look at how many times these guys have gone in this format. Right. I mean, for Kyle Busch, this is, what, the fourth straight? Kevin Harvick, four of the five. It's just it's um, impressive. I don't know. I haven't had to go through it. There's no way going through it is a negative. I mean, even, I mean, Truex has been in three of the five. I mean, they've all got at least three appearances in the championship four. So it's not as if. Well, wait, 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 wait. you're telling me that this randomness that everybody tells me (laughs) that, oh, you just have to kind of just pull it together for 10 weeks, that may not be the case? It's definitely, does not seem to be random. Does not seem to be arbitrary how we're arriving at this field every year, right? The only argument I will give the world is I would love to see the playoff tracks rotate. Now, listen, we're not going to go to Watkins Glen in October. Everybody just slow down, right? Like it snows, but... I, and I love Martinsville, and I love Texas, and I love – it's a great final round. But I personally would love to see – so I'm a golf fan. I equate everything to golf, right? The Masters great. But I love the U.S. Open because it changes venues. You know, like the Masters is the Masters. It's at Augusta, and it, it's not difficult. But, you know, there are cons- there's a lot more multi-time winners at Augusta because it's Augusta, and you guys fit that certain thing. I kind of like the changing of venues. So I do wish – in the crystal ball of NASCAR shakeups, at some point it's, hey, guess what? And I'm okay even if we change the championship venue. Uh, you know, I think Phoenix would be a great place. Miami would be a great place. Texas would be a great place. Uh, I think Fontana, the weather would be good enough for sure to go do it. Maybe I'm missing some others in great weather. I don't want Super Speedway, so Daytona's out. We'll start with those four. I mean, they're pretty good tracks, and, you know, so I just wish it was – it doesn't have to be random, but I, like, I think there should be like a three or four different versions, and it should rotate every three or four years – you know, every year rotate and then go back. And I, th- I think that would be cool. Even Harvick has advocated that, which is interesting to me because, you know, he's the guy yeah, you can kind of yeah. count on getting through, and he's one well, of the let's be clear. advantage it, that was. I mean, it, it's not just – I mean, now Harvick's Phoenix numbers are great, but tires change, rules change. There's a lot of change. The tracks even change with surface. So it's not always the same. Texas isn't the same Texas. I think the fans deserve it. Let's talk about the fans. Maybe the fans deserve it. You know, why does certain fan bases not get a playoff race? Areas of the country. So I think a rotation would be cool. Does Harvick play mind games, do you think, as much this week as he normally does, given his 
team's current situation and what they've gone through since last week? That's an interesting question. I think that he's going to be perceived as mind games, but it's just going to be a focus Kevin Harvick. I think without Rodney Childers, he realizes he has a role of leadership required. So everybody said all the stuff, you know, he was very short in Phoenix, very to the point. People perceive that I was playing mind games. He's this, he's that, he's this. And I looked at it of a superstar not letting his horizon have any clutter. None. Like he did, he doesn't even see it as what he told the one report. I don't owe you anything. I'm a race car driver. Next question. He basically is, is Bill Belichick in it. I have to stand here because that's what to say I have to do. So go ahead. Nate, what's your question? No. Bob, what's your question? Yes. Like let's go through all this so I can go back to being a race car driver. Because for this week, I think Kevin Harvick is a race car driver. That's yeah. it. There's no yeah. mind games. There's no. He's not going to let any distraction in. And I think when he looks around, he thinks, I don't know if I really want to start attacking Kyle Busch and Martin Truex and like these guys. We've been they got a lot of history over the last 35 weeks. What do you, I mean? What are you going to say at this point? Does Rodney Childers come to Miami, or do you think he stays in Charlotte area again, like he did? For the oh Phoenix no, week? no. I think he'd be in Miami. He'd be in Miami. I would be in Miami. I would be in a nice Ford suite or a <laughs> somewhere overlooking track i would be there meeting you know between practices and after the day and and meeting with my guys and and no i would be there for sure did it surprise you he didn't go to phoenix and where do you think i i presume he was not at the children's household so i would think he's either hypothetically or or ford's texan just all close our minds (laughs) for a minute say hypothetically in 2007 i may or may not have been asked to stay home from a few races (laughs) yes and there was a wonderful setup at hendrick motorsports and it, I don't know if you know this, but the TV coverage is excellent. <laughs> so so I've heard. I think you could stay home and you could watch on TV. And then, I don't know if you know this either, but there's NBC Sports app. You can go on there. And then NASCAR has an app. You can go selecting car cameras on the NASCAR app. So you can almost produce your own race. You sit there and you watch the race. So I think it didn't shock me that he stayed home from Phoenix. So Rodney was in a control room, probably not unlike the one that produces I races would, on NBC, right? I would <laughs> hope he is. Let's talk Truex because you know what it's like to have it all come down to one race and have like these heartfelt or bittersweet endings. You know, what does it mean for that team to have it all come down to their final race ever together as a team? So I think that's an advantage. I thought it was a disadvantage until this week because as much as a championship is everyone's goal, right? When, When there are ways you cannot make it even to Miami, you know, how do I go see, you know, Bob or Bill or whoever. Bill, hey, I know you don't have a job in a few weeks, and I know you need to start worrying on this, but I need you to give me 10 great weeks. That's a hard ask. But I think it's reasonable to go in and say, hey, guys, I hope you know we all know what's coming, but we have the chance to do something special. We have the chance. I need four or five days of – I think you can ask that realistically out of a person. I think someone can go home to their wife and their children and say, listen, I know there's a lot of unknown – but this is a chance to do something special. You know, I think it's now been condensed down to a realistic amount of time. The emotion's real. Listen, I didn't think I was going to get emotional. In the last race I had for Dale Jr., heck, I cried like a baby, right? right? So the emotion is real. So if you can somehow harness that, it's an advantage. So, so up until now, I thought it was a definite distraction for the 78. But for one week, it might be just the distraction you need. Off from what's in front of you. Like, everybody else is going to come home to North Carolina after Miami, and 
reload in a couple months right. and go do it again. That team, this is their this is yeah. this is it, man. As soon as the checkered flag flies, they've got to worry about the rest of their lives pretty That's much. That's right. <laughs> That's a lot yeah. to, to take on. All right, let's uh let's wrap up. We haven't said much about the eighteen. And obviously they come in with the most momentum. They just won Phoenix. So where do you think things stand for Kyle Bush? I think Kyle Bush has been an almost unstoppable force since Adam Stevens and him were paired up together after his accident that broke his leg and his foot and everything else that broke. Um there's an era of confidence around Kyle Busch. There, he no longer gets disappointed by the boos. He enjoys them. He no longer feels bad about joking with Rutledge, hey, don't get in the way of my bow. I'm going to take a bow because I just did something <laughs> worth doing. Kyle Busch and Adam Stevens are dangerous because you asked about head games. I don't think Kyle Busch cares. I don't think he cares what Kevin Harvick says. I don't think he cares what Martin Truex says. I don't think he cares what people around him say. Like, when he puts a helmet on, Coach Gibbs was asked, and he talked about football players in big moments. I love sports. Hall of Famers are made with great careers. Legends are made in the postseason. That's how it is. Walk-off home runs, uh, Kurt Schilling pitching with a bloody sock. Whatever the narrative is, that happens in the postseason. Well, this is a Game 7 moment. I think this is what Kyle Busch is, is built for. This is the same kid that was a brat at times and threw and stomped and walked all of those things I've always said this he's the one guy as much as I may drag him out of his car by his helmet every fifth race I would love to crew chief for because I never ever ever would guess where his momentum where his thought process where his uh you know confidence is never never guess his what's motivating him to be there that makes him very dangerous and I think what he does with his wife the charity work they do the very public trying to get pregnant for a sec, all of this other stuff, this isn't his one and only shot. He races the same way every week. Like, I don't think we're going to get a different Kyle Busch in Miami than we get at every other track. And when he puts his helmet on, he is a competitor. Be worth watching him and the other three championship contenders this weekend, Sunday, Homestead Miami Speedway on NBC. Not to mention, you get a little, uh, I think, what's going to be a great battle on uh, Saturday. Cole Custer, last year's Miami Wimmer against uh, Christopher Bell, by far the hottest driver. I would love to have all guy ready. He's not. But uh, Tyler Reddick, pretty dangerous run of the top, really good at running the top. If he could somehow keep a quarter panel on it, he's going to be pretty good. I think it's going to be a good Saturday battle as well. A lot to look forward to this weekend, Stevie. Thanks for the insight, as always. The NASCAR NBC podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify. Please leave a rating and review if you like what you're hearing. That helps spread the word. And as always, you can send me feedback on Twitter, at Nate Ryan is my handle. Thanks again for listening to the NASCAR NBC podcast. Finding the music you love shouldn't be hard. That's why Pandora makes it easy to explore all your favorites and discover new artists and genres you'll love. Enjoy a personalized listening experience simply by selecting any song or album, and we'll make a station crafted just for you. Best of all, you can listen for free. Download Pandora on the Apple App Store or Google Play and start hearing the soundtrack to your life.